0: boils down mostly to communication really like how are you communicating what are your tactics there are you considering who's across the table from you what are they motivated by what do they care about what do they not care about like what are things you can skip or like summarize really quickly you know that is all coming down to communication I think Welcome to Design Life, a podcast about design and side projects for motivated creators. I'm Femke. And
1: I'm Charlie. And today we're going to talk about managing up, managing across. This is something that uh, I brought up to Fem. I was like, oh, it would be really interesting to do an episode about managing up. Like, how do we work with our managers? How do we like our reports to like manage us, essentially? And then, Fem, you mentioned that there is actually going to be like a, I don't, can't remember if you said a module, like a lesson in your course around yeah. this, about yep. managing, not just up, managing across to, managing all different directions, and so that is what we're going to talk about today, and I'm really looking forward to hearing your advice, because I know we're going to get like a little sneak peek snippet from your course in this episode. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it was very like coincidental that you wanted to talk about this, and I was like, I was literally just writing about this the other day for my course, so it all lines up very nicely.
1: I love it. First though, let's do our usual check-in. How are you doing? How's, how's life going? How's the course stuff going?
0: Yeah, course is going very well. Uh, we are about two weeks away as of recording uh, for the first cohort. So I'm very excited. I'm filming the last two modules this weekend and then all the content is like done. But then I have the next job of like putting it all into the course portal and like getting all of the lessons like ready for students to take. So yeah, I'm getting very, very close. The finish line is in sight. So I'm I'm very excited. Yeah, it's feeling very real now. That's awesome. It's been fun to see
1: all the snippets you've been sharing on Instagram as well. Of the course and like your process. Yeah, I'm very, very excited about it. Yes. Um, I feel like I've been having a slower week this week um, where I'm currently recording this from my in law's house in the countryside. So I'm not home in my office if it sounds different. That's why <laughs> we escaped the city because it's like just really busy this week. Um, and I don't know, when I'm away from home, I feel like I just ease off a little bit on the side projects, even though I am yeah. still working from here. Um, but that's been kind of nice. Scribbles is out, and I feel like that was my like big thing of Q1, um, and so now I'm like just gonna ease in into Q2 and action mm-hmm. some more things when April starts.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I I get that too. When you're like not in your own routine and home, like you kind of chill out a little bit more. Uh, but tell us how how Scribbles went, because yeah, last time we talked, I think you were about to launch it. So tell us how it went.
1: Yeah. Well I'm gonna be honest, it didn't I didn't get as many sales as I thought I would in the first week. Um, I think things are picking up a little bit now but yeah I was I was a little disappointed in that I'm not gonna lie because I feel like for the first time I had put like a lot of effort into the like build up and the marketing but clearly I need to do more. But it was really interesting. Mm. I had a friend of mine who was also a creator say that, um, like, this is a reality that it takes just as much effort to sell a super cheap product as it does to sell a super expensive one. Right. Um, and that I, I was like, oh, that's, I can see how that's true now. And it's also very frustrating.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that is really frustrating. Do, do you feel like you have some things that are, Clear, you would do differently next time. Like, what's your kind of hypothesis for maybe why it didn't go as well as you'd hoped? I honestly, fam, have no
1: clue. Maybe I'm just not very good at marketing things. I don't know. Um, I doubt like, it, I clear, doubt it. I don't it. know, maybe I needed to put way more effort in, but it's like, I did what I could. And I think that's being a part-time creator, that's part of the reality I accept, you know, is that I do what I can and maybe if I was full-time dedicating my whole week to the launch could have gone better, but that's okay. Um, I've had great feedback from the people who have bought Scribbles and I've like seen it in use in a few places, so that's been exciting and that's been the rewarding part has been seeing people enjoy it. Um, I also decided to offer it up as... Um, like a download of the image files so in case people don't use Figma because when I launched it I had people saying like oh how would I use this in Canva and I was like, Well, I made it for design Canva. professionals. And so yeah. Yeah. But I was like, okay, I wouldn't have expected that it? I'm gonna make it for them. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> okay. Well that's a quick that's a quick turnaround, like doing that very, yep. very fast after the launch. Uh, well I mean it's also awesome like to see you try these things you know some things hit off really well some things don't go quite as well but I bought it and I love it I've been using it for my call slides you, <laughs> and I've also been using it at work in my work files too so I think it's fantastic and would recommend anyone checking it out it's only five bucks and it's super awesome so thank you for creating that resource
1: thank you for that unsolicited compliment <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's what I'm here for. I'm your biggest cheerleader. We're each other's biggest cheerleaders. We are.
1: We are. You're right. That's part of the fun of this show, and especially this catch-up section as well. (laughs) Um, But let's dive in and talk about management, managing in all the different directions. Um, Maybe we should start with, like, what does managing up mean to you, Fem?
0: Yeah, managing up. This is something I feel like I've had to do more since I stepped into a manager role, like, officially, because suddenly my stakeholders are like, not necessarily my peers. Like, I feel like when I was an IC, I really had to sort of help manage my like product manager in a way, or like my lead engineer, like how can I get those peers on board with my designs and my solutions that I am proposing? But now my stakeholders are like the next level above. It's like, okay, now I'm like having to, you know, think about getting buy-in from stakeholders at the next level, like, design directors or product directors and so it's really about kind of managing up to that different level and I think it's also about like getting that seat at the table right and so especially in design when often we you know don't always get invited to that table we have to sort of make space for it and and pull out the chair ourselves and so it's like how can we be in the room of those like next level conversations how can design have a voice at that level like where do we sit and how can we have influence in those above us? That's kind of how I think about it.
1: I like that. I, I think that I've noticed myself doing it a lot more now that I'm a manager too, but I wonder if it's because now I've had like more management training and I better understand what managing mm. is, that I just am like noticing it more and calling it that, whereas before it was just like, that's just how I'm working, that's how I'm operating. I, I don't know. I see. Um because, like, if I would describe it, I'd say that managing up is about, like, maybe changing your communication style to match what you know will be well received with the people you're managing up to or, um, like, using a similar language that they've used to, like, help connect right. and, like, show them that the work you're doing is connected to the things that are important to them to, like, get that seat at the table that you're saying, Femme. Um, and there's also like a lot of advocacy, I think that goes into it in saying, this is what I need to do my work. I'm not waiting on you, my manager to tell me what I should be doing or how I should be doing it. I'm saying, this is what I'm doing. This is what I need to do it well. And I need you to help me like do this, this, and this to make that happen.
0: Totally. Yeah. I think a lot of it is like helping them understand where you need them to step up right or like where you need them to to play a role uh because they they might not know or they're really busy with like other teams or projects or initiatives and so you need to let them know where you need them to step up and like in in my case right that could be something like a board meeting where like I'm not in the room in a board meeting, but they might be. And so how can I get them to represent design or represent our team in that Mm. kind of situation? Or like a leadership offsite where like, maybe they're talking about how we want to invest in design in the next year. Like I need to tell them what I need from them in that, in that meeting, um, to be a voice for my team or for, for design. So thinking about like, where do they strategically have a voice in the organization that you don't yet? And like, how can you tell them what you need so they can represent you?
1: Yeah, that's a really good example of a time when, like, the work you put in to managing up and making sure that your manager, like, has all that context, can really pay off. And it's not something that you can just like do suddenly when the board mm-hmm. meeting is coming up. It's like you need to have been building it over time. Yeah, um, it's almost like building your reputation. With your manager as well. Maybe that's something I've been thinking about a lot recently because I've got a new manager as of like the end of last year. And so that's been like a um, getting to know you phase and like a, like, this is how, what my team is working on and why my team is important and why I'm asking you for more budget for mm-hmm. this and this. You know, I have maybe done a lot more of the, um, this is what my team is working on, celebrating this thing that we shipped than I perhaps would have um, with my previous manager who I felt, you know, we'd worked together for a while and he knew what my team was right. doing already and I didn't feel the need to make it as visible. Um, so that's been
0: like something I've been doing is
1: yeah, making
0: my team's work more visible. Totally. Yeah. It's all about having that trust too, right? Like if you're only going to show up and ask them for things, like once a quarter, when you really need something like really badly, you know, that's going to be more challenging than if you have an ongoing relationship that's built on trust. Um, I think also like understanding what their motivations are can be really helpful mm. because that can also help you both identify opportunities where you can help one another. So like if you can figure out what they're motivated by, so maybe they're motivated by I don't know, improving design quality on the team or like operational efficiency. Like figuring out what they care about and like offering ways to help them achieve those things, I think is also a good way to build trust. And like find, like I said, those opportunities where you can help one another, which again, like reinforces that relationship building.
1: Well, I really like that, Fem. And also putting your work into the context of helping towards those things that you know your manager is focused on. um, Gets you more buy-in for the project, like helps your manager see that you are focused on things that are important to the company. Um, Yeah, that's a really, really great piece of advice.
0: Have you ever struggled with this? Like managing up can be kind of scary or challenging or you know people don't know where to start like maybe they don't have a good relationship with their manager or with their stakeholders like how how would they navigate that do you have any advice for that kind of situation yeah i think m- maybe if you're like cuz maybe there might be people
1: listening wondering am i managing up i don't know am i, <laughs> yeah. am I doing this And I would say that if you, like, maybe one-on-ones are a really good example here. If you show up to your one-on-one with your manager, expecting them to have set the agenda, expecting them to lead the conversation, then you're probably not managing up. Because I think that one-on-ones in particular are your time where you've got your manager's full focus and it's your time to, like, make them aware of the things you need, make them aware of the things you're working on and the things you're thinking about. Um, to, like, yeah, build that trust, like you said. Also build your reputation with them. Get the coaching that you need. Get the help you need. So that would be a place to start, is if you're not planning agendas for your one-on-one um, with your manager, make sure you start there. Um, some more advice I would say is, like, managing up isn't about manipulating your manager or, like, mm-hmm. tricking them into doing <laughs> what you want. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> it's not about... Um, I don't know, being a goody two shoes and being like, look at me, I'm doing the best out of everybody. So you should give me all the money or all the projects or whatever. Um, it's, I think it's more about realizing we're all working towards the same goal in the end. And to make things go smoother, I'm going to speak the same language as you. I'm going to like learn from what's important for you and, and realize that's probably what should be important for me as well um, and take the,
0: those things on without your manager telling you to do that like taking initiative essentially yeah yeah i totally agree i guess i'm curious now if we segue into like a different direction of managing down like what do you think a good what what do you think that looks like i guess like we've just talked about how we think it's great for ICs to manage up like set the agenda for your 1 on 1s things like that so then i'm curious in that case where do you see the manager stepping in here? What are some things that managers do to effectively manage downwards to their reports?
1: Yes, okay, so the two things that came to mind instantly when you said that, one is course correcting. So Mm -hmm. like, for the most part, just trusting your direct reports that they're doing their thing, that they're, you know, you've given them the framework to make decisions in and they're making decisions, doing their work within it. If you see them going off track to like call that out Help correct them, give them like maybe the information that was missing that made them go off in the wrong place in the first place. Like for me, this has sometimes been about um, priorities, just reminding my team, hey, I know you're excited about this, but this is our priority right now. So I want to see you flip the amount of time you're spending on this versus this thing. Um, And like just, you know, having that conversation. Another thing I think is unblocking, and mostly for me, that's been around giving clarity. I think most blockers mm. happen not when like, oh, this person hasn't given me feedback yet. I mean, yeah, that can happen too. But usually the blocker is like, I'm so confused. There is feedback coming from all directions. I've heard this from this person, this from this person. Uh, I've heard rumors of this happening over here. What do I do about it? Um, I see the manager's role, my role, and also what I want from my manager is to like cut through all that noise and just be like, okay, let's get clear on what exactly you need to be doing next.
0: Yeah, I really like that. And I think that also reinforces what we were talking about earlier of managing up is like you need to meet each other halfway. Like you as the IC mm. need to tell your manager that this is happening and then they need to meet you there and say, okay, let's work through this together or let me help you like unblock or, or resolve these conflicts that you're ha- having. Um, I think if you only sort of rely on your manager noticing those things on their own like they're probably not going to be able to catch all of those things right like you need to proactively come and tell them here's where I need some help or like here's some of the challenges I'm having so yeah I think it's also about like bringing those things to your manager um, is super important and then from the manager's perspective managing down I really like what you said about course correcting as well like and, and I like the philosophy of that where it's not like stepping on toes but it's like helping carve the path right to keep that momentum going and to keep you moving forward Um, I think it's a lot about like thinking about what experience you want to provide for your reports right and like I sometimes think back to my past managers or my past experiences and like what worked well what didn't work well like how would I have liked things to be done differently like what experience do we want to provide to our reports so that they have a really great fulfilling career
1: Yes, that makes me think of um something else when I was sort of in between managers because we were without a like dedicated growth team lead for a while at ConvertKit. Mm. I really was like wanting more feedback and wanting more like clarity and alignment with the other growth leads on the team. I was like, I'm doing all these things, but am I am I doing them right? No one's saying I'm doing them wrong, so I I guess I am, you know, it was just <laughs> but I found yeah. myself questioning it. And so I like to take that and try pass that on to my team and saying, like, hey, I love how you made the decision on this. Um, I agree with, I support that decision. I promise you, if I ever see you making a decision that I don't agree with or think you need more information for, I'll speak up. But like, just keep going, keep making
0: those decisions that you're making. That's a real example of something that I said to someone <laughs> earlier this week, right? it's <laughs> top of <line. laughs> Sometimes that's all we need though, right? It's just some validation. Like, am I on the right track? Like, am I doing, yes, validation, you know, like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Of like, I just need some signal or some feedback that I'm doing a good job or I'm on the right track. And I do think that our job as managers managing down is to proactively tell them that. Because it's almost yeah. like people default to the worst scenario, right? Or the worst outcome. So like, if you don't say anything at all, they're probably thinking, oh gosh, maybe I'm not doing a good job. They haven't said anything. Uh, whereas if we can like proactively provide that encouragement and give give that little validation boost, I think that's really important. And we should all probably be doing that more.
1: Yep. And if you're not getting that from your manager, don't be afraid to ask about it as well. For sure. You know? Say, hey, do you have any feedback for me? <laughs> Am I like, yeah. operating in accordance with like what I need to be doing? Uh, maybe that'll give them the hint that you want some more of it.
0: <laughs> yeah, totally, totally uh what about managing sideways like I see managing sideways Mm. more as like building relationships with your peers or your partners like people you kind of have to work with on a like quote unquote equal level sort of maybe on a day-to-day basis like it could be um you know other other leads in your like cross-functional team what are some things or some tactics you have for managing those kinds of relationships yeah,
1: okay, well the first I want to share that this is actually something I feel like I've struggled with moving into a manager role, is managing across to my like peers on the growth leadership team. Because there was yeah. like three to four years where I was, like, they were above me in our org structure uh, that's challenging. or like one of them was my manager, you know? And so it, like, it's hard to shift from that mindset of like, okay, I'm managing up to you to I'm now managing across to you because mm-hmm. it is different. Um, there's like a different relationship dynamic there. And so this is something that I have struggled with and still struggling with like two years in. I find myself deferring often to our ah, director of marketing because he used to be my manager. And so I'm like, just have that mindset, they're like, oh, well, ultimately, he has the say on what goes. I'm like, actually, no, that is not the case anymore. But I'm still acting as if it
0: is. (laughs) Yeah, that's really challenging in those situations where like, maybe someone was your manager, but now you're a peer or like the other way around, I guess, like the other way around also is really awkward, like someone who's your peer is now suddenly managing you. It's like, oh, God, like, what boundaries should we have here? Uh, That can be really challenging. Mm. Uh, Yeah, I think... For me, like I try to think about this as like similar to managing up, like I'm representing my domain expertise or like my area of ownership. So making it really clear to them, you know, hey, I'm here in the room to be like the voice of design uh, and like how can I help you better understand what design is and like the value design can bring and where we want to show up in strategic conversations. So like trying to level the playing field, get them to understand your scope or like your area of ownership. But also listening to theirs so that you can understand, like, the different areas that they own and when you might go to them for what, things like that. So kind of creating that equality, I guess, across the team of like, okay, we all understand what each other's does, what our areas of ownership is, and like how we can sort of leverage each other's expertise. Equality is a really good word in
1: in what you said just then. I think managing across, like, by nature of just talking about this direction, you are on equal playing field in different... You're in charge of different things, but you're, like, both voices are equally valid. Um, And so what I like to do here is look for, like, what is the common goal that we're working towards? And let's make sure we're, like, talking about things in that language. I think the more you can understand of how the other person does their work as well, like, this is why I think it's really important for designers to understand code, for example. Let's not get into, like, whether they should write it or not. (laughs) Different topic. We've done many about that, but... I think when you understand like how a website is made, you can have a better Mm -hmm. understanding of what the developer's role is in a project. So as you're like managing across with them on a project, you have that empathy and that understanding of what they're bringing to the table as well. Um, And yeah, like you said, it's our job as well to make sure that the other person in this dynamic has that understanding by giving it to them
0: um, if it becomes clear that they they may, may be missing something. Totally. And in my experience, a good way to do this is just by bringing them along the journey with you as much as possible, right? Like bring them along your design process where you can uh, engage them with things like user flows or journey maps, like get them to see the ins and outs so that they can build that understanding of what you do and what what you represent, um, I think getting them in that journey, like helps them build more empathy, helps them build more understanding to like what you do in your role, like similarly to code, right? And engineering, like I, I always love being part of that process, even though I'm obviously not coding myself, but like I wanna be in the code reviews and like the, the testing before we go live and the standups, like coming along on each other's journey, I think really helps each other build that foundational understanding of what we each do. So then we can better help each other.
1: Yes, absolutely. I don't know if you've found this since becoming a manager. Have you found managing across to your peers, um, has it been more difficult to shift into that mode now that you're shifting in three different directions, right? Across, down, and up?
0: Yeah. Uh, Because that's what I found.
1: um, I know I already shared that I struggle with managing across to people who used to be above me and now I'm an equal with. But I also struggle the other way. An example here is the the product marketing manager on the marketing team um, is like technically the hierarchy beneath me in the org structure, but I don't manage them, you know. Um, and I have found myself having to remember, like, okay, when I'm talking to her, we are equals, and I'm managing across. I'm not managing her, so like mm. I need to approach things in a different way. Uh, I'm not the one who is supposed to be like cutting through, helping her make decisions, helping give clarity. We need to be approaching this on equal footing, to like yeah shift in that mode because otherwise I think it would come across that I was being too um like like dominating the conversation, like dominating Mm. the, the decision making too much. Uh, maybe that's a weird situation to be in too because I know in a lot of other companies there's probably more like set hierarchies where I wouldn't be dealing directly with her I'd be like only working with the director of marketing who would then feed that on to her you know we just don't work that way at ConvertKit
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think the smaller the company, the less of these hierarchies and levels you have in place. Right. So I guess the lines maybe become a bit more blurry Mm -hmm. and a bit more hard to figure out like, wait, are we up here? Or or like, you know, where do you sit in here? So that, that does sound challenging. I'm not sure I have examples or experiences of that. I think something that I have experienced though, is that in a way I've found managing up to be a little bit easier because there's often processes in place for that. So things like, okay, we need to go through this like checkpoint process with our executives or like things need to be approved and signed off in this way. So like naturally that creates spaces and opportunities for conversation. Whereas managing sideways for example, I recently joined a new team and they didn't have a designer or a design lead for the last three months. So for the first few weeks, I wasn't getting invited to any meetings or anything because they just were out of the routine of having design in the room. And so, you know, for a little while I had to remind the team, like, Hey, I'm here. Like, I want to be in these conversations. Like I'm your equal peer, your partner, like, let me be in these rooms to be the voice of design. And they're like, Oh yeah, yeah. You know, it wasn't intentional. It was just they were out of habit. You yeah. know, there wasn't a designer for the last few months. So, like, those situations I've found more challenging because there's less, like, structure or, like, processes in place, I guess, than I feel for managing up, which often has a more formal structure or process available.
1: Yes, that's interesting. And also, the managing up as well, another structure that's in place is, like, the one-on-ones, the, like, 360 right. reviews and things. Right. Where... Yeah, there's like the time and spaces set aside to give that feedback and to like, yeah, have conversations to manage up. That's a really interesting point. Maybe one thing I want to say before we end this episode, too, is like, this is all sounding very technical and organized, like managing up, down, across, <laughs> like changing your tactics, depending on who you're talking to. I Would you agree with me, Fem, that it doesn't feel like that when you're doing it? Like, this is something that you practice and you learn, like, how you have conversations, how you deliver feedback, how you communicate, and you slip into it as you work with different people across the company. Like, I'm not necessarily thinking when I talk to my manager, I'm managing up right now.
0: No, yeah, you're <laughs> right.
1: I'm doing it, I'm just not consciously <laughs> thinking of it. Yeah,
0: you're not consciously like, <laughs> okay, I'm going into this meeting, i got to manage up, like, what are some of the tactics I need to do? I would agree with that. Um, I also agree with that it's boils down mostly to communication really like Mm -hmm. how are you communicating what are your tactics there are you considering who's across the table from you what are they motivated by what do they care about what do they not care about like what are things you can skip or like summarize really quickly you know that is all coming down to communication I think Um, And so in the moment, yeah, and as you practice and you you get used to having these kinds of conversations and can more quickly identify who's in the room and, and how to facilitate that conversation in a way that makes most sense to them. Yeah. And that seems like a great note to end on. And
1: I feel like that, what you said just there especially, was like, ooh, we just got a taster of the
0: course. Ooh, spicy, spicy, (laughs) spicy. Yes, uh, yes. Uh, Yes, if you want to know more about this, take my course. No, just kidding. Uh, But I'm very excited. um, No, not actually kidding, though. Let's put
1: a link to it. I know that the next cohort isn't open yet, but I don't know. Do you have a waiting list or something for that family? Yeah, there is.
0: Yeah, there is. So if if you are interested, it's currently, you know, closed but i will be opening a cohort later in the year provided the first one goes well uh so join the waitlist and uh yeah you'll hear more sounds good all right where can people go to
1: listen to more episodes of this podcast
0: yeah we have a website it's uh, designlife.fm uh you can go there you can check out all of our past episodes we also actually haven't talked about this in a while but we have some really cute pins on there enamel pins that like say work in progress they're really cute they look cute on your bag on your denim jacket You know, if you want to spoil the show, they're pretty cheap. Uh, You can represent design life when you're out and about. I love
1: that call-out. Yeah, I love our pins. Every time we get a random sale of one, I'm like, ooh, yay, someone found out that these exist.
0: (laughs) I know, I know. It's so hidden.
1: (laughs) If you have any suggestions of other topics that you want us to talk about as well, then please let us know. There's a contact form on our site. You can also tweet us at designlifefm. We want to know what's on your mind. What are you dealing with in your career at the moment so that we can share our perspectives on it and talk about it? as you know we're just like we are works in progress all of us that's why that's our pin um and we're all just learning as we go together and sometimes it's helpful to hear someone else's perspective
0: you know for sure awesome well thank you so much for tuning in and we'll talk to you next time Bye-bye. Bye bye. bye